Hello, hello. We are jumping right in with this episode. No intro because this actually is a repeat episode. And before you turn away, hear me out, okay? Hear me out. This episode is from six months ago. And even though I created it, I listened to it again today, today. And I still didn't remember half of the things that were in there. And so if I created it and that happened, I'm willing to bet that there are still some nuggets of wisdom, of information in there that can still help you. And I'm doing this because I am taking a break from creating new content for the podcast for the month of August, just to give myself some time to recalibrate, to rest, to catch up on some things that I have put off because of all the other things that I, you know, have my hands in. And I invite you to do the same if you can find some parallels in your life as well. We don't always have to have our foot on the gas. Sometimes we can take that foot off the pedal and sometimes we can, you know, just coast or we can break or whatever it is. So for this episode. If you are new here and you haven't heard this episode, you are in for a treat. This episode is so good, if I don't say so myself. <laughs> um, if you And if you are new here, thank you so much for listening. Um, please take a moment, if you enjoy the show, to share it with a friend. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, you can write a review. That would help me out so so much. It helps podcasters out so much because it really signals to the algorithm that people are enjoying the show, people are finding value from it, and it sends and suggests the show to more listeners who are like you who may also benefit from the show. So leave a rating on Apple, leave a rating on Spotify, write a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for those of you who may have heard this episode on perfectionism before already, I invite you to pay attention especially to the last part, which talks about ways that we can unlearn the perfectionism, ways that we can change the associations in our brain, because it's one thing to passively listen to, let's say, a podcast and say, oh, that sounds really good and file it away with good intentions and say, I'm going to come back to it. It is another thing to start your listening journey with the intention that I'm going to change something, that something concrete is going to be different about my life as a result of the time that I'm investing in this episode, of the time that I'm investing in watching some video or reading some book. Totally, totally different because you are choosing your intention at the beginning. And so I invite you to really set your intention now at the beginning to say, hey, I am going to take some little thing that she says at the end because I always want advice and wisdom and lessons to be practical that you can apply immediately once you hit stop playing on this podcast episode. So without further ado, take a listen to this episode and I will be back with new content later in the fall around September. As always, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Do you 
constantly strive for flawlessness in everything you do, but you find yourself feeling anxious, overwhelmed, and even paralyzed by the pressure to be perfect, we all strive for excellence. But what happens when our pursuit of perfectionism becomes toxic? Perfectionism affects millions of people and it can be a vicious cycle that's hard to break. But what if I told you there's a way out? That you can let go of the need to be perfect and embrace your imperfections. You're listening to the Purpose Filter Podcast, the show that shares practical life advice to help you live without regrets. I'm your host, Dr. Louis Kathy Zhang, life coach and hospice palliative care physician. I care for dying patients, so I've learned a thing or two about living. On this episode, we're diving into perfectionism, examining its origins, its impact on our lives, and how we can break free from its grasp. Together, we'll uncover the hidden costs of perfectionism, learn how to embrace imperfection, and find the courage to live life on our own terms. You'll hear about the relationship between perfectionism and trauma, and learn some practical tools to help regulate your nervous system the next time it rears its ugly head. Get ready to break free from the shackles of perfectionism and enjoy and discover what it's like to be perfectly you. Take a listen. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another week here at the Purpose Filter Podcast. So glad you are joining us this week. I want to talk about the topic of perfectionism. Yes, we've danced around it, mentioned it here and there in past episodes, but today we really want to dive deep into what it is that makes us feel that we need to be perfect, the reasons why, and also some practical tips that can help us change our relationship with perfectionism so that we can manage it and hopefully maybe even overcome it in the future. So, Perfectionism comes from somewhere, okay? You probably learned it from somewhere, either consciously, unconsciously, especially if you grew up in an environment that focused on things like academic excellence or achievement. And a lot of times this comes from early childhood development. Like my dad, when I was younger, insisted that I had to be perfect growing up because he insisted he had to be perfect. He was like, oh, you got a 98 on a test? I'd be really excited and be like, look, look, 98. And he'd be like, yeah, where are the other two points? <laughs> if you have similar parents, then you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? And they'd be like, oh, wasn't there extra credit? What happened to those points? And him probably being an immigrant in a foreign country, feeling like he had to work harder than everyone else, that also reinforced to him the fact that he had to be perfect and therefore everyone around him, including me, had to do the same. I had experiences as a child and maybe you have something similar where I was at a spelling bee, on a geography bee in front of the entire school. I got an answer wrong and I, I remember feeling so much shame because I felt humiliated in front of everyone. And it wasn't really until like the past two or three years that I made that connection between a formative childhood experience and how I was behaving now in my present day life. And that actually happened under hypnosis, which is one of those things where, you know, sometimes our conscious brains, we think we know, but we don't actually have access to those memories because they're stored deep in our unconscious. 
And here's the thing about perfectionism that's so difficult because in many ways, it really does help us in life, right? You're like, yeah, I got the promotion because I was the best. I got into this prestigious institution because I worked really hard and I pushed myself and I excelled and I had the best grades. And so that's what happened. And there's a causal relationship that we see. Oh, I performed well. I was perfect. I did so great. And I got results. And so in many ways, that's great. But here's the thing. Too much of a good thing is when perfectionism gets in the way, right? I really want us to dissociate things like excellence and striving to be our best and having to be perfect. And I want to debunk the idea that the only way that we are worthy is if we are perfect and if our surroundings are perfect and if everyone else in our life is perfect as well. And so if you are still of the mind where you're like, no, perfectionism actually makes me better and it makes me a great person and it has all these great results in my life, I invite you to consider this because it really fucked me up when I realized this. Especially if you think of perfectionism as a prized virtue and you may not be seeing the detrimental effects that it's having on you and your life and your surroundings. Excellence is great. Striving for greatness is amazing. Perfectionism is not the same thing. Perfectionism ends up being a crutch. We hold on to it because in society, it's idolized. It's a source of pride, right? People in interviews will be like, what's your worst quality? And the people will be like, I'm a perfectionist. And everyone's like, oh, great. That's wonderful. Even though we actually hate hearing that answer because everyone uses it. But subconsciously and unconsciously, we know that nothing can be perfect, especially if you're a growth-minded person, if you're into learning and personal development. Nothing is perfect. Everything can be improved, can be iterated. So if you know that it can never be perfect, you end up creating this perfect storm, consciously or unconsciously, where you can simultaneously not put yourself out there you can live in safety, you can never be rejected, you'll never face your fears while you uphold this idealized identity of yourself. You get to tell yourself like, oh, no, 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 I'm not afraid. I'm just tinkering until it's perfect. I have high standards, right? Look, I have high standards too. I have Virgo and Capricorn in my star chart. And if that means nothing to you, just take my word that I can be an anal retentive ass sometimes as well. All right. But there's a difference between having high standards and impossible ones. And there's a reason why perfectionism is so entangled with people-pleasing, fear of rejection, procrastination, imposter syndrome, all of which I feel like I've advanced degrees in and I've had to do a lot of work. And the only reason why I'm able to tell you this is because I have had the coaching to help me with this very same problem. And this goes more into kind of the unconscious brain, the trauma response. We have such a deep-seated need to be liked and not judged and accepted, which is much, much more prominent for people of color and other marginalized communities because we literally grew up being different, being othered, wanting to fit in, which is just normal human behavior, right? So we think if I can make something perfect, then they out there will also see it as perfect. And if they see it as perfect, then no one can find fault in it, in what I put out, and therefore no one can find fault in me. 
When I realized that, I was like, oh my God, this is some deep, deep stuff right here. Okay? And when no one can find fault in us, then that means that we're worthy. And in that moment of our imagination where we're like, I've got to make this perfect, we get to suspend reality and be like, oh yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Until we realize that it doesn't matter how perfect we make it, people are going to have opinions and people are going to criticize and people are going to judge and people will just be people because that's life and that's human nature. And these, again, are wired responses that started when you and I were young, enhanced as teenagers, continued on through adulthood. And yet we wonder, we're like, what's wrong with me? I know that this is a pattern. I know that I do this and I cannot stop it. That's what we're here to do. Because if these are wired responses, then that means that they can be changed because of neuroplasticity, because of everything that we're learning about our brains, our emotional responses, where trauma lives in the body, all of these things. You know, I had a client recently who was worried about releasing a podcast episode, came time to record, couldn't do it because they were so worried about making it perfect. And look, this happened to me too. Even trying to record this episode, I kept researching, tinkering, trying to pack as much value as I can into this episode because I truly want to help you. I want to honor your time. I want to create real change for you, for me, for anyone who may be listening to this. And at the same time, my brain was like, I'm literally recording an episode on perfectionism and I can't put it out because it has to be perfect. It's a process, right? So what can we do to help ourselves manage our perfectionist tendencies? The first thing, as with anything, is awareness. You were not born like this. These are neural pathways that you learned, you embodied over time. And because it's been hardwired into our brains and reinforced for so much of our lives, it's not just like we can one day wake up and be like, I'm not going to do these perfectionist tendencies anymore. Like, out the window, cool, I'm a new person. It doesn't work like that. We have to intentionally be like, oh, am I procrastinating because I want to make it perfect? Because I think that if I make it perfect, then no one will judge me. If you start thinking that way, then you'd be like, oh, okay, all right. This is what's happening. There's a cascade going. And what can I do to regulate my nervous system as these feelings come up, as the anxiety comes up, as the fear of rejection comes up, as the overwhelm and the stress of thinking, oh my God, I have to make this perfect in order for it to meet the world, or I have to be perfect, otherwise people will judge me, or the people around me in my life, my kids, my family, my spouse, they have to be perfect because if they're not perfect, it's a judgment on me. So awareness, as always, is the first step. And the next thing I want to talk about is what I said at the beginning. It's really to debunk the theory that perfectionism means safety. Somewhere along the way, as kids, as younger versions of ourselves, we learned that if we were perfect, it meant psychological safety. If I was perfect, it meant attention. If you were perfect, maybe it meant love. Maybe it meant praise. Maybe it meant that you wouldn't get a spanking. Maybe it meant something else. But there was an association between safety 
and being perfect. This is just our survival brains, two million year old brains that we have that associate fear and threat to things as normal as sending an email or things like that. And so what we need to do is change our brain's association with quote-unquote mistakes or not being perfect, and then build evidence for the fact that, hey, I didn't die. There's no physical threat to my life when I was not perfect. There are ways to intentionally remind yourself no one and nothing is perfect. I invite you to pick something. I invite you to do like little bits of exposure therapy. Pick something that you could care less about and fail on purpose. Something as simple as sending an email intentionally with a typo in it to your organization. Sometimes even that thought will be like, oh my God, how could I do that? Because then people will be like, oh my God, she doesn't know how to spell. She's an idiot and doesn't have command of the English language, et cetera, et cetera. That, you think it's silly, but it's these little subtle shifts in changing association and giving your brain evidence that, hey, it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay. It's safe. And by doing that, you do it more and more and more. Then you build up the muscle, you build up the confidence to then do something that's really scary, whatever that is for you. Maybe it's putting out your creative writing into the world. Maybe it's asking someone out when you feel like you're not at your goal weight and therefore you couldn't possibly be attractive to someone else because you're not exactly the weight that you want to be. Maybe it's asking for a promotion when you feel like you have 50% of the qualifications of the next level position rather than being like, no, I have to take every single box on that list before I feel like I'm worthy of doing this job. You can do something as simple and innocent as order, quote unquote, incorrectly at Starbucks. It's not called a venti, you call it a large. It's a medium. You can find a free class at a local library and make whatever artwork you're going to put out there as ugly as possible. Just go like full nailed it, that Netflix show. Go full nailed it on it and just make it as ugly as possible, right? Intentionally fall short and you will build evidence to yourself that like it's okay. It's not as awful as you thought it would be. These people are strangers. They don't know you. And if they do judge you because they're people and they're humans, they'll never see you again. It's not a big deal. And when our brains, when our bodies start to have responses to being like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't do this. There are also tools that we can use to regulate our own nervous system. Breath work, meditation, going out for a walk, moving, tapping, which is EFT, emotional freedom techniques, self-hypnosis. These are all tools that I teach my clients and I use myself in the moment when it actually happens. Because if we address it in the moment, then it's less likely to build up over time. It's very cause and effect. You address it in the moment and it dampens down. And you're like, okay, I'm not as activated. I don't feel as much in fight or flight response. And I feel a little bit more equipped to deal with this. I feel a little bit more resourced so that I can meet this issue or challenge head on. And remember, when it comes to perfectionism, at the end of the day, 
Do you really want to let that hold you back from the life you truly want to live? Because you're not broken beyond repair. There's nothing wrong with you. It's not that it can't be fixed. These are just habituated patterns, right? My dying patients will tell me like, I let my need for control and my desire and my like obsession with trying to make everything perfect. I let that run my life and it damaged my relationships with other people. It damaged my sense of self, my sense of self-worth. And they're like, God, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't be so hard on myself. I wouldn't listen as much to that inner critic because now at the end of life, I know that shit doesn't matter. And that's the lesson that I hope to impart on you is that these things can be changed. And I don't want to see any of us with the regret that some of my patients have at the end of life where they're like, I should have just gone for it. I should just put that stuff out there and dealt with the consequences afterwards because it's not as big a deal as I thought it was when I was younger. And so I hope that as you become more aware of your perfectionist tendencies and the downstream cascade of all that comes with it, procrastination, burnout, imposter syndrome, overwhelm, people-pleasing, that this is all interrelated and that it's a journey in unlearning what we picked up along the way. And that journey is going to take time. And please don't bring your perfectionist tendencies onto your healing journey that now that you're aware, it has to be fixed immediately. And that now that you're aware, you're never going to do it again because it doesn't work like that. If it took decades to get you to this point with your perfectionist tendencies, it's going to take time to undo some of that. Not that it can't be done. It absolutely can be. I'm living proof of that. And I hope that you will give yourself some compassion to let yourself take as much time as you need on this journey. So, there's an imperfect glimpse into some of the reasons why we feel a deep desire to be and to be seen as perfect. If this episode was helpful for you, please share it with a friend. And if you're ready to break free from the trap of perfectionism and start living a more joyful, fulfilling life, I'm here to help. As a reformed perfectionist and a coach, I know firsthand the toll it can take on your mental health, your relationships, your career. But I also know that with the right support and guidance, you can let go of the need to be perfect and embrace your unique strengths and talents. Together, we'll work to identify the root causes of your perfectionism, develop new habits and strategies to manage those perfectionist tendencies, and cultivate a sense of self-compassion that will allow you to thrive no matter what. Don't let perfectionism hold you back any longer. Contact me today to schedule a consultation and take that first step towards breaking free from the grasp of perfectionism. You can either click the link in the show notes or go to my Instagram at Purpose Filter. Click on the link in bio where it says work with me. And until then, take care of yourselves and take care of each other.